the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Last weekend, we talked about the importance of release at one level. Today, we're talking about the second aspect of that. Here we go. Number one. You and I need to understand the causes and the symptoms of distress in our life. This is a key word. This is the word we're talking about today. You might recall that last weekend I used a graph. And the graph that I used last weekend had two axis points on it. And one is your performance, your ability to do well at something. The other was your stress level. And we talked about the fact that there's a bell-shaped curve associated with this, the idea being that there's a certain level of stress in your life that will bring you to optimum performance. You need a certain amount of stress in your life to do well. Everybody does. You don't do well without some level of stress. And psychologists refer to this side of the equation as eustress, E-U, good stress. So there's this side of the equation where as your stress increases, your performance increases, so you get to an optimal level of performance. All of us can practically understand this. Have you ever been given an assignment that had a timeline to it? And the timeline itself stressed you, but it brought out your performance. You did what you didn't think you could do because you had to get it done at a certain time and you were stressed out by it, but the stress associated with it brought something out of you that you never would have done had it not been for the stress or the pressure that was placed upon you. So you rose to the occasion. So there's a good stress, but there's also a moment when stress increases in your life to such a degree that it has a deleterious effect upon you. It begins to have a counterproductive effect upon you. And instead of your performance going up, what happens? Your performance goes down. So the higher your stress goes, the less capable you become. One side, the higher your stress comes, the more capable you are. You get to the other side at a particular point in this journey that caps off in your life and you begin to drop off your performance. And psychologists refer to this kind of stress as distress. So there's good stress and there's bad stress. Last weekend I talked about how to handle the good stress. That we need to recognize that we need, to, we need to, I'll say it this way, we need to release our expectation that life should always be perfect. Release our expectation that everything should always go well because God wants to put some pressure on your life so that you can grow. If you never have any pressure on your life, you'll never grow. And so we talked about the benefits of this and how God uses that part of our life. But today, I want to talk to you about this other side of the equation. How do you know when you've hit this point and you're starting to go downhill? Let me give you a few symptoms of distress in your life. These are not on your notes, but you may find it helpful to jot some of these down. 
How do you know when you're getting distressed? How do you know when you've hit this point and now stress is beginning to work in a negative way in your life? Well, first of all, you start feeling very overwhelmed. You feel helpless. You feel hopeless in your life. You begin to experience what I would call debilitating worry and anxiety. Not just regular kind of worry and anxiety. It's debilitating. It's keeping you from functioning well. Fear may start taking over your life and dictate the decisions you're making. You begin to experience debilitating guilt and shame. You can't shake your sense of failure. You can't shake your sense of feeling worthless at some level in your life. Then you begin to suffer with decision making. You have a hard time making decisions. That's some of you all the time, right? But it gets to the point where you, you, just, you struggle. I don't know what to do. What should I do here? You're struggling with the capacity to think clearly and to, to, to move forward with positive activity. And then you will find yourself extremely fatigued in life and irritable and angry. It just seems as though all the time there's this fatigue and irritation and anger that you're dealing with. Not just regular irritation, but I'm talking about debilitating extreme Fatigue and irritability and anger. It's seething inside of you all the time. What's that telling you? It's telling you you're now on this side of the equation. You're now being distressed. Normal to get angry and irritated from time to time, but it's not normal to live there. Okay. And then oftentimes for some people, you begin to depend on substances. You begin to use some kind of substance to soften the distress that you're feeling in your life. For some, that might be alcohol. And so alcohol begins to be your go-to. I'm feeling stressed out. You may not even necessarily think this way, but you begin to drink more than you would normally drink, or you begin to drink for the first time in your life. You begin to utilize some other substance. I'm not talking about medication that's been prescribed for you by your doctor. I'm talking about something that's outside of the realm of what would be good for you. And so you begin that pattern in your life because you're trying to deal with your distress, your, your bad stress in your life. And that's a symptom of it. Sometimes that substance can actually be food. Some people depend upon food and some people depend upon toxic relationships. There are all kinds of things that we go to to try to soften distress. And then there's usually some level of withdrawal and isolation. When you get over here, you start pulling back into your own world and withdrawing and isolating yourself from other people, especially people that really care about you. And you begin to find yourself pulling away and people say, it's hard to reach you and it's hard to connect with you now. You may be around, but not really around because stress is working on your social skills, your social interaction. It's been said that under stress, we regress, or I'll say it this way, under distress, we regress. We we go back to old bad patterns in our life. Now, to make you feel a little bit better today, everyone gets distressed at times. Just breathe for a moment. It's okay. okay. Everybody gets distressed at times. I've gotten distressed at times. All the great men and women of the Bible get distressed. I've gotten distressed distressed at times. We could talk about Job. Job had moments of distress. David, the king of Israel, had moments when he was greatly distressed. Elijah, we talked about him a few weeks ago. He had his moment when Ahab and Jezebel were trying to kill him. And he had his moment of distress in his life. And We can talk about even the Apostle Paul where there are times that he talks about being distressed in his life. So it's normal to find yourself at this particular place going downhill. That might be you today. 
And so what this does is this makes you crazy in a crazy world. Right? Are you with me? Okay. So what's the title of our, our series? How to Stay Sane in a Crazy World. So when you hit this point of being distressed, then you begin to be a part of the craziness of the world around you, and you bring it into your world, your environment, and your relationships. And I'm going to talk to you about the things that cause this to happen. Everybody listening to me today? It was a teaching. What, what causes you to get to this point in your life? What creates the set of circumstances that result in us falling into this pattern of distress? And we all do it. I'm going to give you a few things that these are going to be on, on the screen. They'll also be in your notes, I believe, as well. At least your extended notes that you find on our website. The first thing that happens or causes it is a negative restricting mindset. Negativity. As soon as you start thinking negatively... Negative thinking will always pull you downhill. It never pulls you uphill. It always pulls you down. And that's why it's called negative, okay? And so we get into these negative mindsets. I'm not talking about a negative thought. I'm talking about a negative pattern of thought. One thought produces another negative thought. And before long, you're thinking, oh, this is bad. And this is going to be worse. And what about this? If this happens before long, all these negative what-if catastrophic things begin to happen in your mind. And it begins to have a, a restricting effect upon you. The second thing that oftentimes creates distress in our lives in our lives are unresolved trauma in your life. Hurts and pains that you haven't dealt with, especially of, a, of an emotional nature. And so you're carrying these things around inside of you. You haven't resolved them. And so they continue to plague you and distress you uh, even at the most uh, inopportune times. The way I like to describe it is this way. Have you ever been in a, in a swimming pool or a lake or a pond or something with a, with a beach ball and try to hold it underwater? Ever had to do that before? Okay. What happens when you try to hold a, a beach ball underwater? What is, or any kind of ball that's filled with air underwater, what happens? It's always, what's the pressure? It's always trying to push up, right? Okay. And so, you, and so to keep it underwater, you're using energy to do what? Keep it down. I want you to think about trauma in your life, hurts and pains and places of relationship failure or whatever it might be, traumas in your life, I want you to think of it as a, as a beach ball. And what we oftentimes do is we take those things in our life and we try to suppress them. We push them down. Okay? And they're, they're under the surface, but they're not gone. Are you with me? Okay. They're under the surface, so you can walk around. Hi, how are you? Today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. You just can't see my beach ball. So you can go around and pretend like you're normal, and you may not even be aware. Some people have been pushing a beach ball down so long they forgot it was there, because their whole life, what have they been doing? Using this energy to try to keep their trauma under surface, okay? And then what happens when you have additional things that occur in your life or certain pressures that happen in your life, that beach ball boom, pops up, okay? Oh, I got to get it back down again, okay? Well, the thing that God wants to do in your life is He wants to heal your trauma. Amen? Because the healing of the trauma, then you don't, you don't spend the rest of your life using energy to try to keep it down. Our God is the healer of broken hearts. Amen? That's who He is, okay? He's the restorer of souls in us. And so many times it's unresolved trauma that's creating the distress that we're experiencing in our life. Sometimes it's... it's a threat that you feel, an emotional threat that you might feel, might even be a physical threat, but it creates a distressful moment for you. 
It could be looming personal concerns or cares or worries. Something's really big and it's looming over your life. You feel, I'm going to lose my job or what am I going to do with that bill? It begins to worry and trouble you and it looms big and heavy over you. Sometimes it's the feeling of or the reality of a loss of control or the inability to control things around you. It seems like life is getting out of control or some situation is getting out of control and so you can't control it any longer. You're trying, but it's creating distress for you. This happens for many, many people. It's called unresolved loss in your life. You've lost a loved one. You've lost a relationship. You've lost something of value in your life, and you haven't worked through the grief of it because grief is natural to loss. It's important to grieve when you've lost something, but it's also important not to live in grief for the rest of your life. Amen? Okay. That grief is something you walk through. You realize this is what I've lost, but now this is what I have left in my life. But unresolved loss can create opportunities for distress. Also, overexposure to negativity can cause distress in your life. I'm going to write one word on the board that perhaps is causing distress in your life. Are you ready for it? Don't raise your hand right now. Do we have any news junkies in the room? Okay. There was a time in our, in our culture where you might get a little bit of news in the morning and you, then you would watch the evening news at night. And there was usually three broadcast channels that would give you the evening news at night. And that's basically all the news that you got. But now we have 24-7 news cycles and everything's a crisis. Okay. Breaking news! And you're like, okay, I better watch that. It's breaking news. And you realize, well, that wasn't really breaking news. It just got my attention. And so everything's breaking news. Everything's a crisis. So I better stay in touch because the world may fall apart if I don't pay attention to the news every moment of every day. And what I found out in my own life is that that distresses me. How about you? Amen. My wife and I made a commitment. We just, we watch the news very sparingly now. Very sparingly. Why? Because I'm tired of throwing stuff at the television, okay? Are you with me today? That's a joke, by the way, just so you know, okay? That's a joke, okay? But it distresses us because we're getting all this negativity. There are other ways that we, if you get maybe negative people in your life, whatever it might be, but there's this overexposure to negativity causes distress, haunting guilt and shame over your personal disappointments or failures. It just haunts you. You can't get away from the mistakes that you've made. It just beats you down and just eats you up on the inside. Anytime that you feel like that you're deeply disappointed with some hope you had or an expectation you had in your life, you can't get away, oh, I I wanted that to happen and it didn't happen or it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen in my life and you have this disappointment. The Bible says that deferred gratification creates a despair in your life. It creates distress in your life. Then there's this atmosphere that we all live in of persistent uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? What's going to happen in the Middle East? I don't know. What do you think is going to happen in the Middle East? Before long, you begin to think about all the different scenarios of what could happen and the uncertainty of the world around us. We live in a very uncertain world. So when we focus on that, it creates distress for us. And the last one I will mention here, these are all causes, is the absence of a meaningful personal faith in your life. When your faith is under attack, it will be very distressful for you. What I want to say to you at this point, at this first point of the message is distress is real. Say it with me. Distress is 
real. It's very real. It was real for Job. It was real for David. It was real for Elijah. It was real for Paul. It's real for you and me as well. Distress is not something that is imaginary. There's a point on the curve of your life where there's so much stress that it moves you beyond good stress to bad stress in your life. Here's the second lesson for us today. You and I need to practice the process of release. I'm going to circle three words here. Practice, process, release. What I want you to see is that release is the objective. I'm going to define that for you in a moment. So releasing stress is the effect. Releasing distress is the objective. That's what we want to do. Because if you're distressed, you need to release the distress so that no longer is troubling you in the same way. Now, to do that, you've got to what? Practice a process. Practice means you're not going to always get it right, okay? Process means that it doesn't just happen one time. It's something that you do over and over again, that you get better at over time. Hopefully that you learn to handle things in a more effective way because of the practicing of the process. I really wish that we had, uh, we had a, 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 a vaccine for distress. Wouldn't that be awesome, okay? Wouldn't that be amazing? We just line everybody up, roll your sleeve up. We're going to vaccinate you for distress. You'll never have it again in your entire life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be great. But it doesn't exist. And so you have to learn how to deal with this stuff. And we have to learn how to stay sane in what kind of world? In a crazy world. So we've got to learn to release the stuff because there's tribulation all around us. And it's not going to get better, is it? What did Paul say? Mark this. In the last days there will be beautiful, wonderful, perfect times. No. He says in the last days there will be perilous times. So just get used to it. It's a reality. So how do we live in these days? I want to share with you some steps in the process for you and I to handle it well. How do we practice the process of release? Here we go. Number one, you need to understand the consequences of extended stress in your life. Why? Because this motivates you to do something about it. You'll never do anything about anything unless you understand what effect is having on your life, the consequences. You know that stress, distress has consequences in your life? It lowers your immunity. It affects you psychologically. It affects the relationships. It affects you spiritually as well. Look at what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 as he's describing the working of his word. He's talking about a sower that goes out and sows seed, some by a path, some by rocky ground. Then he comes to this and describes the sowing of his word in the hearts and lives of people and says, still others like seed, that's the word of God sown among thorns, hear the word. They hear the word of God, but... But the worries of this life, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in, and what happens? Choke the word. Would you call that a consequence? The word is choked because of what? One aspect of it is the worries of life, the distresses that we find ourselves in. So we have to take stress seriously. You have to take it seriously. Then the second thing that's necessary, how do you practice the process of release? Identify and acknowledge your distress. 
Know where you are on the symptoms that I described a few moments ago. Recognize those in your life. Identify them. Realize when you're there. Realize when you've peaked and now you're at a very distressed place in your life. Use those symptoms. As the psalmist said in Psalm 31, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in what I am, what am, I, am I in. Distress, my eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. David realized where he was and he asked God for help. He wasn't hiding his distress, he was acknowledging his distress. The next several that I want to give you, let me give you a little caveat before I give you the next several of these. They're going to sound very simple and they're going to sound like pat answers, but they're not. They're very real, meaningful things that you and I need to do. So don't just say, oh, I know that one. No, you need to know these, okay? The next one is this. You've got to learn to pray, okay? You've got to pray, okay? More and more as you grow in your faith in Christ, as you go through the tough times, you don't need to pray less. You need to pray more, okay? When you see all these things happening in the world around you, what, what should you do? Worry or pray? Our response as believers is to, is to pray. When you feel distressed, what are, what are you to do? You are to pray. Not, not only do I acknowledge my reality, but I bring it to God. Take a look at what he says here, and the psalmist does in Psalm 77, verse 2. When I was in distress... I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. So, so uh, David says, when I was in distress, I went after God. I sought him. Even through the night seasons, I prayed like I'd never prayed before. This passage is one you know well. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, Living Bible, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, what? If you do what? Pray and thank If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So it's very important that we pray. Now, when we pray, what else do we do? What is prayer all about? It's when we give God our concerns. See, prayer is not just talking about your concerns. Prayer is giving your concerns to God, actually giving them to Him. Are you saying, Pastor, that we can actually do that? Well, it's not my word. Let's see what the Bible says. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Actually, one translation actually renders it this way. Cast all your cares on him. Everything that's distressing you, what are you and I to do with it? Notice the word cast is to throw off of ourselves onto another. If I said, cast me that ball, if you had a ball in your hand and I said, cast me that ball, what would it mean? It would mean that you would throw the ball to me, right? You would no longer have it in your hands. You would throw it to me. If I walked along beside you and you had a heavy weight that you were carrying and I say, cast your weight on me, you would put your weight over on me and I would carry it for you. This is what it means with God. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. What does he do for you in his care for you? Exodus 14, 14 tells us that the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Aren't you glad that when you give things to God, he takes up your cause and he fights for you? 
Okay. He fights for you. How many of you today can say, you can look back, seriously, I want us to take this as a moment of thanksgiving and praise. You can look back on your life at some point, and you know God fought a battle for you somewhere along the line. Come on, let's give him some praise right now. You know he fought a battle for you. You're not just imagining that he fought. You know God fought a battle for you, and he does what he did in the past. He'll do today. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.